Hello and welcome to AutoLine this week, coming to you from the floor of the 2012 Detroit Auto Show. I've got a strong lineup of executives who I'll be interviewing today, including Fred Diaz, the president and CEO of the Ram brand at the Chrysler Group. Ludwig Villisch, the new president of BMW North America, and by the way, BMW is now the number one luxury brand in America. And we'll also be talking with John Maloney, the new president of Volvo North America. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this. Great to have you with us. And right now, I've got John Maloney, the president and CEO of Volvo Cars North America. Great having you here, John. Thanks, John. Glad to be here with you. Great Detroit show. Best weather I've been in a long time in Detroit for <laughs> one of these shows. What? You don't like it when there's not three feet of snow outside? It's, it's, part, of, it's part of the atmosphere. So. <laughs> That's right. Big changes going on at Volvo these yeah. days. Oh, my gosh. So, And, and you're kind of new to the position, too. Not kind of. You're brand new to the position. I, I'm brand new officially. I had been the acting president since about May and then became the official president in, in December. Uh, we had a great year in the U.S. You're right. Volvo's on the move. We uh, ended up the year 25% up year over year. That's a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that was really the, the best performance among on a percentage basis among the major luxury. What was it? What do you attribute that to? I mean, yeah. of course, the American market was recovering, sure. but you guys recovered more than yeah. it did. Uh, really successful launch of the S60, which is our midsize sedan that competes with the 3 Series A4. Mm -hmm. Really good customer acceptance of that. Uh, XC60, which is our midsize SUV, uh, has basically been got demand greater than supply for three years. So Which I could have done more than because that's not a brand new vehicle. No. That's so, what about a you know, getting a little bit deeper into its product design yeah, side. But uh, we had you know we had good gains on there and then even XC ninety, which has been around even longer, uh, we had gains on that as well. So those three products drove our business. What do you need in the future to keep this growth going? Well, I think in, in 2012 we've got some upside on really actually all three of those products I just described. Uh, S60 it was really not even a full year of it last year. Uh, we will add an all-wheel drive variant of the entry-level car in the middle of the year, which will help us in markets like this, New York, uh, to help us compete better. XC60, frankly, I'm going to have better availability this year. So we'll see what the upside is on that car with better availability. Going forward, uh, we've already announced that we've got a new generation of engines coming. Volvo has said they're going to go to a, a four-cylinder only strategy. Uh, if you look at the XC60 plug-in hybrid concept that we've got on our show stand today, a uh, couple things that are interesting about it. it. It's a hybrid where you pick, do I want to go full electric, hybrid, or power, which is basically our four-cylinder, 280-horsepower engine with 70 horsepower from the battery for a total of 350, you know, 0 to 65.8 seconds. But the important thing was that four-cylinder that's in that car is the first version of the four-cylinder that comes in a couple years for Volvo. So we're, we're showing some of our future technology. That's interesting. I guess I had missed that, a four-cylinder-only strategy. Yeah, Volvo's announced globally that they will go ultimately, you know, as we, it, it'll take some time to go through different modes, but ultimately right. to a four-cylinder-only strategy. Very interesting. Yeah. And of course, safety has always been yep. one of Volvo's fortes as part of its brand. What are you looking at? And in terms of maintaining that, because these days, as you well know, there's a lot of entry-level sure. cars that are impressively safe with all kinds of bells and Absolutely. whistles. So how do you stay ahead yeah, of the game? We, we have, uh, just to be clear, while we're adding design and performance and these other cool technologies, we're never going to give up the safety leadership. That, that, that's the, you know, the DNA of the brand. Uh, our, our passive safety is, is renowned. And we'll, we'll continue to make even more gains in active safety as we bring cool technologies like city safety, you know, which will prevent you from you know, running into a car in the rear or pedestrian detection that senses a pedestrian that if you're not doing anything, you know, it will take some action to intervene. So you, you, there are plenty of, of fronts. You can guarantee on the passive side 
Uh, even in this hybrid, we take special care in protecting the battery. It was something we showed last year. We had a crash C30 electric here last year. We showed how that performed in a 55 mile an hour crash. So it's in our DNA. Uh, it, it, it won't go away. We will be the safety leader. Others will challenge us, uh, but, but that's fine. That actually raises the bar for everybody. How are things inside Volvo? And I, I ask because as you know and our viewers know, uh, Volvo's now owned by the Chinese company sure. Geely, and I'm just wondering how how is that all meshing together? Yeah, so we're uh, you know that all took place August 1st, 2010, when we separated from Ford. Uh, I will tell you that that Volvo is thriving, and yes, the U.S. had a great year. Globally, we're up 20% action on a global basis. Uh, it was the fastest growing luxury brand. And, and what it's really allowed is, is Volvo to be Volvo. You know, they've given us the investment, the stability. Uh, we have new leadership in, in our corporate office, Stefan Jacoby, uh, and Volvo is, is thriving as being Volvo and being you know, an independent company, more or less. Uh, so I would say 16 months into it, things are going quite well. We're doing very, very well around the world. Of course, uh, the chairman of Geely would love to see Volvo go more upscale. Yeah. How, how do you see that working out in North America? Yeah, uh, we're full supporter of that. I mean, we've we've we as a global level have said by 2020, there's there's a couple things we want to do. You know, we want our global volumes to be about 800,000. We just did under 450,000 this year globally. So, you know, still it's a it's a big step to 800,000. We want a top tier luxury perception, uh, which means you want to play at the top. Doesn't mean in terms of pure volume but certainly in terms of image you know, by 2020. Uh, and that's very clear across the company. Uh, I believe from a U.S. standpoint that's important. Uh, to play in sort of a, a middle ground is, is a very difficult place to play. Others recently in the luxury category have said you know, that's where they're going to play. We're very clear you know, over time, it's not something that'll happen just in 2012, 2013, that, that we're going to go do that. And, and I would even say uh, some of our car lines today are there, S60, XC60, fully competitive, you know, get great cross shopping with all those brands, all those German brands that I won't name here, um, <laughs> you know, but you, but you know who I'm talking about. I, I sure we do. Great right. consideration. Right. Uh, post-2015, fuel economy standards right. get really tight. I don't see how you can do that without great small cars. I love the C30 from a design right. standpoint, even though it's been out for quite a while, I think it's still the best looking cool. small car out there. But it just doesn't sell all that well. What do you need to do in the small car segment? Yeah, we'll, we will always be focused certainly in the, in the mid-size segment where the 60s play and up above that. Small cars, um, you know, we have a, an entry there. It's not our main focus in terms of marketing. It's a, it's a fairly niche segment. The car's a great car, by the way, especially with the six-speed in that car. It's, it's a fantastic. Uh, you know, our, our product lineup over time does evolve as the cycle plan evolves. But to answer the sort of the fuel economy question, it is one of the reasons we're going to a four-cylinder only strategy where we believe we'll develop, deliver the best-in-class combination of fuel economy and power delivery. So we're saying we're going to deliver six-cylinder performance in our four-cylinder. So that is clearly one of the reasons, along with electrification strategy. Uh, that and turbocharging too, I got to believe, too? Yeah, we haven't said how those four-cylinder engines, I, I can't tell you here how those four-cylinder engines will be uh, powered, uh, but uh, th th there will be Well, some... I just look around the floor and the whole trend of yeah. the industry is downsizing And we already do turbos. And, and, and turbos is our forte. And it's amazing how well these small displacement turbos really perform. I would have yeah. never expected to see the level of performance Great performance, you know, good fuel economy, good throttle response. I mean, all the things from many, many years ago, you know, Turbolag is non-existent these days. I mean, you push the gas and the car goes, so. Am I missing anything? What else would you like to talk about of what Volvo is up to? Um, I don't know that you missed anything else. We're, we're doing quite well. You know, we, we've got, uh, you know, we've got upside in the U.S. And, uh, you know, as long as uh, I get the good supply in the U.S., we're going to do quite well here, so. That's great. John Maloney, thanks so much for stopping by and bringing us up to speed with Volvo. Okay, thanks, very John. interesting. Thank you very yeah. much.
Likewise. This is what they're calling the 700C. You know, you know about the, the Chrysler 200 and the Chrysler 300. Well, they're calling this one the, the 700. And look at that sliding door. Look at the, the window on it in particular. It's just such a, a, a weird shape. I mean, it, it, it's different. Oh, here we go. John, how you doing? Klaus Busse here from uh, Chrysler Design. So uh, tell us, where was this vehicle designed? Was this done in the U.S. or was this done in Italy? No, this was done in the U.S., John. Uh-huh. And wh what's the idea behind something like this? It's just so different as a minivan. Yeah, and, and we want to test the waters a little bit with this uh, different design. We want to see this could be a potential new minivan, and we want to see what the public's reaction is going to be. Well, I think it's going to shock them because it doesn't look anything like a minivan. And we're going to have to get a, a view of the other side of the van as well, where you see not with the doors open, but with the, the full side uh, view of the, the van is like. But explain a little bit why the, the different window treatment, just to make it look unlike a minivan, I imagine. Well, one thing is uh, making it look different, but the other thing is looking compartmentalized. So you have a front compartment and a rear compartment and really giving the whole experience a different look. Klaus, we got to run to the next interview. But so good to run into you. With me right now is Fred Diaz, the president and CEO of the Ram Truck brand. Fred, great having you here live with us. It's good to be here, John. Really good. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, well, look, let's talk Ram because you guys had let's a pretty good trucks. year in 2011. And 2012 has got to look even better to you. We did. We had a great year. We're very proud of how well the, the brand has done, uh, the personality that we've created. As you know, Sam Elliott as our voice of Ram. And we're delivering on products that the consumers want. Our, our market share has increased. Our sales have increased for the entire brand over 21%. Mm -hmm. And so we're very, very proud of, of how well we've done in the market this year. Well, go through your line because you have a fairly limited lineup, at least right now, don't you? I mean, you've got uh, the full-size Ram pickup and you've got the Dakota. And, and heavy duty and the Dakota will, will, uh, will not be a part of our future product plan. Uh, but getting into light duty, our light duty increased uh, in sales year over year, over 21%. That's a big our, increase. It's a big increase. Our heavy duty also did quite well, also increasing over 22%. And then our chassis cab, another big story, almost 40%, 38% market share gain on chassis cab. And all of that together gave us over a 21% sales, sales gain over the year. Now, the overall U.S. market did not go up that much. How do you get that much more sales and market share gain when the market itself didn't grow as much? I think it's our rifle-focused attention on delivering to the truck customer what they want and what they need. And we take a lot of pride in knowing what the truck customer truly, genuinely wants. And we're giving them products such as our Tradesman Edition, our Express Edition, our new heavy-duty capability. Uh, the Laramie Longhorn truck has done really well. And we're really delivering with a rifle focus what the consumers, what the truck customers want for their vocation of choice or their recreation of choice. Of course, Chrysler split the Dodge and the Ram brands. Yep. You know, it just used to be Dodge truck. Sure. What's that done for you, splitting that Ram brand off as its own separate entity? It's, it's been fantastic. It's given both brands the opportunity to occupy and play in their own spaces and create their own personalities. You saw earlier this morning with the Dodge Dart and what Reed did there. And what we're doing with the truck brand, 
and, and using, again, getting back to Sam Elliott as the voice of Ram, that is the true essence and, and it resonates with truck buyers on how you want to market to a truck customer. They want to be full of pride and, and proud of the truck that they drive. But it, there's still the same dealerships that are selling it. That's so correct. does that cause any confusion for customers to come in and go, wait, wait, am I in a Ram dealership or a Dodge dealership? No, every, every Dodge uh, vehicle or every Dodge dealer that sold Dodge vehicles now automatically sells Ram trucks. And now each one of our dealerships is branded Dodge and Ram, and they have separate areas in the showroom so that when a customer comes in, they know they're in Jeep country, they're in Dodge country, they're in Ram country, they're in Chrysler world. And it works really well that way. And, and uh, at first, you know, two years ago, people were scratching their heads saying, what are you doing, what is this? But now, fast forward two years later, and, and it's uh, after our dealer announcement show about a year and a half ago, that's when it all clicked and the dealer said, we get it. We understand what you're doing now with all the brands. What do you do next from your lineup standpoint? I mean, we see you used to have the, the Sprinter van, which went away when Daimler and Chrysler split. Right. Uh, but we see Ford talking about bringing in the Transit, and it's already got the little Transit Connect. We see Nissan getting into the commercial van market. i got to believe that's something that you'd like to get into. We, we want to have the full breadth of, of lineup for the commercial vehicle and the fleet buyer out there. We've already announced that we are bringing the Doblo in as part of our commercial Doblo being lineup. one of the, the Fiat exactly, little vans that they've exactly, got. Exactly, exactly. And we're still working on our November 9th plan that, that we presented a couple of years ago to bring the other areas of vans and, and working with Fiat to bring those into the marketplace and those will be announced sometime in the, in the near future. I, I think the Ducato is another one of the big ones. Ducato is, is one that we're looking at. We're also looking at the possibility of a daily as we mentioned on the November 4th day and um, November 9th day, and, and it's uh, it's great to be able to work with our partners at Fiat, and we're like kids in a candy shop when you can see all that technology and everything that they have, and, and most importantly is the spirit of, of trust and working together as, as, as a team and the brotherhood and sisterhood between the two companies. It's, it's like, it's a culture like I've never seen before, and, and it's fun to work mm -hmm. with this company. Of course, we've been talking about the American market. I got to believe that you're looking overseas as well. And of course, you're running Mexico now as well, That's right? Correct. So That's correct. I'm Chrysler in Mexico. All of Mexico, right? right yeah. For all brands in Mexico. And uh, for the Ram brand, we're at the moment, we're looking at North Central Focus, at North America Focus in Canada, US, and Mexico, where we do quite well. And the future will determine where we decide to expand beyond that. Mm -hmm. But are you looking to expand outside of the NAFTA region? Everything is, is on the table and, and under evaluation as far as where we can go. We won't do it until we know that we have the right pieces and parts to put a product together that will definitely deliver and resonate in the marketplace and other, and other areas outside North America. Fred, as we go beyond 2015, as you well know, fuel economy standards get really tough. And I think that's going to have the biggest impact on vehicles like you sell, sure. a full Ram sure. pickup. It's hard to make that thing get really good fuel economy unless you throw a fortune's worth of technology into it. And a lot of the contractors and the like who buy that truck aren't going to want to spend that kind of money. How, how do you make this thing get the kind of fuel economy it needs to get? Uh, you said it for me, a fortune's worth of technology. And that's the beauty of our partnership and working with, with Fiat. They've got some amazing technologies that, that we are the beneficiaries of and that we share with one another. And as you know, heavy duty is all about the capability of the truck. And with the light duty buyer, it's all about MPG with, with capability as well. And so our focus and our strategic vision going forward is capability on heavy duty, MPG on light duty. 
So what, what, what else? What am I missing about what's really exciting at RAM? It's, I think the whole, the whole corporation and the whole brand is just really excited about the personality and the presence that, that we've gathered uh, and we've maintained. And also, I think the world is starting to realize that we have one heck of a beautiful and great truck. And the residual value increases of over 17% this year is an exact, you know, that's not me just being in love with the brand or with the corporate, one of the corporation's brand. Those are facts. The sales share, the sales gains, the share gains, what we've done with residual values. We now have some of the best residual values in the entire domestic market among trucks. And I think that shows the world and, and, the, and the consumers that they like what they're seeing and they like what we're doing. That's a good note to end up on. Fred Diaz, the president and CEO of the Ram brand. Thank you so much for stopping Thank by. You very Real much, pleasure. John. Thank you for having me. Good deal. Take care. We're, we're going by Lexus right now. They have got a sports car. Oh, wait, they did. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Just around the corner here. Check this out. Because uh, the LFLC, I find this car to be stunningly good looking. And you know, it's not often that you say stunningly good looking and Toyota, okay, in this case Lexus, in the same breath. Not that Lexus and Toyota don't do good design, they do. But have they done stunning design before? I'm not so sure. This car, I think, looks terrific. I just love all the detail in it. And it's uh, one of the must-sees at the Detroit show. Okay, guys, come on. Let's keep moving. There's so much to look at here. And here uh, we're looking at Coda, a uh, California startup company making electric cars. I find them very interesting because the car that they've got is essentially like a, what is that, like a 1999 Mitsubishi Lancer or something like that. Yeah, it's not a Corolla. I think it's an old Mitsubishi model. So they buy these from some company that makes them in China. They bring them to the U.S. They also import the battery from China. But then they add, I think it's their own motor and their own electronics. And uh, I don't know if these guys will make it or not, but it's kind of interesting uh, how they're doing it. Because uh, it's got to be no investment for them since they're buying that car from China and the battery. So there you go, Coda. This is AutoLine, and joining me right now is Ludwig, Ludwig Villisch, the president of BMW North America. Great to have you here with us on AutoLine. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, your job must be easy. They name you the head of BMW North America, and then all of a sudden you end up number one in the marketplace. You sure ended 2011 in a very strong position. Yeah, and sometimes uh, you just have to be lucky, uh, but that's the way it was, yes. Uh -huh. So. For 2012, what do you see? What's new coming from BMW? Well, we just had the world launch of the new 3 Series about half an hour ago, uh, so that's coming. You're that at the Detroit show. That's, that's a big introduction here. Yeah, the world premiere of the new 3 Series, and you have to see that every other car since 1976 when we came here uh, has been a 3 Series. So 3 Series is a very important car to us. And uh, that's coming in February, so we're all excited to welcome that car in our 
absolutely sure it's going to be a huge success. Now, do you think that you'll just be able to stay where sales were with the three series? Or are you expecting to increase sales? As you having been in the business for quite some time, it's always about growth. No, we're looking at uh, considerable growth next year, uh, not only for three series, but the, as far as the whole brand is concerned. So we're very positive because we actually think the whole market will be quite positive. We'll see some growth next year to this year. This year, excuse me, this year, <laughs> but maybe even next year. Maybe, okay, very optimistic. Where do you see that growth coming from? Obviously the new 3 Series, and you just had the X3 that you introduced last year, yes. which gave you an enormous amount of momentum. Yes, and uh, uh, if we get more production, uh, this, this car is a huge success all around the globe. Uh, I think we could even sell a few more. Same holds true with the uh, X5 and X6. Um, we are also introducing a totally new car, which is the six years Grand Coupe. We'll do that in summer. So we have a lot of new product coming through. Uh, we still are, so to say, in the latter part of the launch phase of the uh, 5 Series. That's a huge success. We just introduced the 5 Series Hybrid. So I think we'll see a lot of growth all over our model range. So we're very positive. Ludwig, what's the right balance for a brand like BMW in terms of the number of models? You have a, you just named off a, a small fraction of everything that you sell. When, when does too much get to be too much? I couldn't really tell you because we have been developing niches over the last 50 years and have, so to say, invented some concepts that weren't there before. So uh, I wouldn't say there is a limit to that. At least I can't see it. So you'll, you would welcome even more models. Oh yes, and we're thinking about that. Well, of course you have your eyes, the electric and the hybrid cars coming too at some point, and what a dramatic design difference they represent. Yes, and they are, as we say, born electric, so those are cars that are actually built from the first place as full electric vehicles or plug-in hybrids, meaning that they're not converted from conventional cars into that, they're made of carbon fiber, which is also unique. We are the first one uh, in a, a production of considerable size uh, to build cars in carbon fiber, thus uh, making up for the additional weight of the batteries. So we're really making a huge step as far as the whole industry is concerned with our BMW i brand and those products that are coming, which uh, we're showing here as uh, concept cars. But I can tell you those concept cars are very, very close already to the real thing. Wow, because they're very dramatic, very yes, dramatic are. styling. Yes. Now, the, the, the open doors, it's almost as if you have glass in the doors, not, not just the window, but yeah. below where the normal window is. Are you going to keep that look going forward? That might change a little because of uh, crash testing and things like that. But I would think people but, just might find it a little bit strange seeing the, the road rush by them so low like that. Usually, uh, when you're sitting in a BMW, you look forward. Okay. Uh, you don't look so much to the side or to the rear. That's right. That's good. Um, so you're new to the spot in North America. Are, do you see opportunities or changes that you'd like to make in the organization? And if so, what? Well, uh, I think um, we will very closely work with our dealers. Uh, our dealers have invested more than $3 billion during the last 10 years. and. I think uh, we need to get closer together with them to 
really exploit all opportunities, but we'll do this very, very much together. And um, this is what I like to encourage my team and the dealers to say this is a common task that we are after, and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be successful. Very good. Well, uh, Ludwig Village, thanks so much for coming by and talking to us about BMW. Good having you here. Great fun. Thank you. Okay, we're going to walk all the way through the Ford exhibit, and there's some interesting things to look at, but we have to walk through that to get to the Lincoln one. And I, I, I got to do a setup because the Lincoln stand, the Lincoln display, in my opinion, is the best in the whole show. It's very different. Ford really set Lincoln off by itself this year. This is really sort of the coming out party for the new Lincoln. Ford's really trying to show that it's doing something very, very different with the brand. And that's why they created a display totally sectioned off from the rest of the Ford display. And there's a, a facade on it too that if you look closely, you can see it's, it's like the Lincoln emblems all put together to, to create this facade. Max Wolf, the head of design for Lincoln. Max, great having you here with us today. John, good to see you again. Thanks very much. You got to be excited. Here's your baby, man. It's, oh, it's out. Absolutely. At... Very, very excited. And uh, very proud to unveil it in such a great setting at the new show stand here as well. Uh, this is the best show stand at the show this year. I'm just knocked out by what you guys did with it. You must have put as much thought into designing the stand almost as you did to the car. Well, luckily for me, I was responsible a lot more for the car than I was for the stand. We worked with a great group of people, uh, both within the Ford Motor Company and, and, and Lincoln, obviously, uh, and also with a company called Imagination, who, uh, who did a lot of work on the stand. But our team was uh, fully focused on the car that you see here, the MKZ concept. Well, you're calling it a concept, and I'm going, what's concept about it? Maybe the, the headlights, but the rest of it looks awfully production ready. Door handles, John. Door handles. It's got no door handles. Well, I see two little buttons hidden in the chrome that I guess if I touch those, if I had the key fob, it would pop the doors open. That would pop the doors open, yes. But yes, it's a very strong indication of a, uh, of a production model to come. Thanks for tuning in today, and that wraps up this edition of AutoLine This Week from the 2012 Detroit Auto Show.